You're listening to Purpose Inspired, a podcast series by myself, Wayne Visser. This season is based on a book called The Age of Responsibility, CSR 2.0 and the New DNA of Business. Africa's first free university. Another example of social innovation in Africa that has inspired me over the years is the story of the Cedar campus in Johannesburg. When I was still working at KPMG, I met Cedar's co-founder and CEO, Teddy Bletcher. He was a privileged white South African who qualified as an actuary and was earning a six-figure salary before he gave it all up to start a social enterprise. His motivation was seeing the extremity of need that surrounded him. He said, South Africa today is a sea of youth with no direction, no guidance. These kids roam around the townships, they grow up in shacks, in squatter camps. So it's actually a huge challenge in this country to try to pull the youth back. He went on to say that traditionally people have always looked at Africa as a basket case and they've said Africans are not able to do it for themselves. So when they are sick, we send medicines, and when people are starving to death, there's a food drop somewhere, and the food disappears or it goes rotten. As far as we're concerned, that's a superficial way of thinking about development. Africans have genius. They have the ability to create for themselves. It was really around this philosophy that Bletcher decided to create the first free university of South Africa. He said, we wanted to prove that it was possible to take a child off the street who had come through a very disadvantaged education and turn them into a chartered accountant, turn them into a merchant banker, a stockbroker, a Java programmer, because if we could prove that it was possible, we could take the country forward into a new reality. Cedar Education Manager Sandra Musengi explains that Cedar is a unique model in that our students run the campus itself. And obviously that helps us to cut down a lot of costs. We've got our cleaning services, we've got our basic operations. By having our students run the campus, they start to understand basic principles of management, basic principles of operations. As a result, by the time they go out into the workplace, they have already acquired a certain level of skills. In fact, they not only leave with these skills, but also with a social entrepreneurial mindset. She went on to say that when we come to Cedar, we are all from different backgrounds, but something makes us one. We have this will, we have this drive, we have this passion for wanting to bring change. Beyond relying on the students to run the campus, Cedar relies on voluntary contributions from guest lecturers and business suppliers. Bletcher explains that We've had to find a way to get material, to get teachers, money, making it accessible so that we could reinvent this paradigm of university. CEDA has thousands of graduates earning tens of millions in salaries every year. That's going back to families that has absolutely nothing, reflects Bletcher. So we're creating a human chain. It's a human network. And I do believe we could change Africa and the developing world if we could create a human network where everybody is holding hands. It's only really selfishness that stops us from building stable, decent societies. He explains that this is really what CEDAR is trying to do, to be a life raft that pulls people out of the majority of the population to the other side of the river, where there is employment and opportunity. 
and as we pull them, they pull everybody else behind them, and that's really what our model is. And Bletcher's vision for the future? He says if we get the support and people adopt these ideas, we could open up universities, colleges, vocational schools, and relevant high schools right across the whole of Africa for next to nothing, and they could be fully self-sufficient. Evoking a Responsibility Revolution Another way of teaching tomorrow's leaders creatively is by using games. On the 3rd of March 2010, the World Bank Institute and InfoDev launched their alternative reality game, Evoke. Players who successfully completed 10 game challenges in 10 weeks were able to claim their honours as certified World Bank Institute social innovators, the class of 2010. The top players could also earn online mentorships with experienced social innovators and business leaders from around the world, as well as scholarships to share their vision for the future at the Evoke Summit in Washington, D.C. Evoke ended on the 19th of May 2010, far exceeding expectations for participation. Some 19,300 people from 150 countries registered to play. They submitted over 23,000 blog posts, 4,700 photos, and more than 1,500 videos, highlighting challenges and solutions to development issues that were featured each week. Players went into their communities to learn about challenges on the ground and shared potential solutions to what they saw and heard. One player collected all of these ideas into a single blog post. Evoke has created a unique space for dialogue around important issues that may not be discussed in other social networking forums. Another World Bank Institute educational initiative was an innovation fair held in Cape Town, South Africa in February 2010. The fair, with the theme Moving Beyond Conflict, brought together project teams, conflict and fragility experts, social entrepreneurs, local software developers and potential funders to discuss 32 finalist projects selected through a combination of crowd voting and expert juries. One finalist was Map Kibera, which is creating the first detailed and digitized map of the sprawling Nairobi slum where one million people live without water, sanitation and other basic services. Other projects suggested using new technologies to improve the delivery of legal services in Ethiopia and to connect rural communities electronically in Sri Lanka and support peacekeeping in Nepal and monitor elections in 24 African countries. Of course, there are thousands more social entrepreneurial tales to tell. One social entrepreneur that made the headlines in 2008 was Wang Chuan Fu, the owner of BYD, dubbed by Fortune magazine as an obscure Chinese battery, mobile phone and electric car company who attracted $230 million from Warren Buffett for a 10% equity investment. Despite being relatively unknown in the West, by 2000, BYD had already become one of the world's largest manufacturers of cell phone batteries and went on to design and manufacture mobile phone handsets and parts for Motorola. It entered the electric car market in 2003 and began selling a plug-in electric car with a backup gasoline engine ahead of GM, Nissan and Toyota. BYD's plug-in, called F3DM, 
goes further on a single charge than other electric vehicles and sells for about $22,000, less than the plug-in Prius and the much-hyped and belated Chevy Volt. By 2009, BYD employed 130,000 people in 11 factories, 8 in China and 1 in India, Hungary and Romania. Wang Chanfu, at 43, topped the annual rich list of the nation's wealthiest, with assets of $5.1 billion, jumping 102 places from the 2008 ranking. Interestingly, second place went to another environmental entrepreneur, paper queen Zan Ying, from Nine Dragons Paper. Her company imports recycled paper and processes it into packaging and paper materials, primarily for export. She is worth $4.9 billion. As these examples show, big companies can also be innovators. The classic example remains General Electric's Clean Technology Investment Initiative, which is dubbed Ecoimagination. GE has invested $5 billion in Ecoimagination R&D since its inception in 2005 and committed to investing another $10 billion in the coming five years. Launched with 17 products, the Ecoimagination portfolio now includes more than 90, and in the next 24 months, about 30 other products will be added. In a related project in July 2010, GE announced a $200 million open innovation challenge that seeks breakthrough ideas to create a smarter, cleaner, more efficient electric grid and to accelerate the adoption of more efficient grid technologies. The money will be invested globally into promising startups and ideas. Jeff Immelt says, Innovation is the engine of the global effort to transform the way we create, connect and use power. This challenge is about collaboration and we are inviting others to help accelerate progress in creating a cleaner, more efficient and economically viable grid. We want to jumpstart new ideas and deploy them on a scale that will modernize the electrical grid around the world.